Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. The thing. Hi, and we're live. This is Melinda from Hope When There Was None. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't have coffee in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm joined with Kayla, and she's going to share her amazing story. Also, you know, just the inspiration that you gave me. I was reflecting on that and uh, your story and how inspirational it is. Thank you. And I can't wait for you to share it with everybody else because I know many, especially women, have issues with this. And I'm going to let you dive into that, into your story, if you'd be so kind. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, hi, everyone. So a little background about me. Um, So so I'm just going to go a bit background and then I'll just get your questions rolling and then I can answer. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I currently work, I have different businesses right now. So I'm mostly the tech industry. So I have a tech business where we develop more for corporate apps and software, custom software. And I also work primarily with females, helping them to regain confidence and launch profitable businesses online. And this is something that is so, so passionate to me because I came from a space where I was, I was, you know, where people always thought nothing good would come out of me. And, um, you know, and so, and and to be honest, and, and when I was years back, I didn't even know I was going to be this, like I was, I didn't even know how much I was going to grow, you know? And so I always thought like, you know, I always wanted to be that awesome wife, that awesome mom. That was my lifetime goal. And it still is, by the way, like I would anytime with the drop of my hat, give up any, everything else that I do just for that, like, Honestly, I would. So for me, that was the lifetime goal, just being a wife and just being the mom that I always wanted to have and be as well. So that that was all there was to it. So, you know, and then it was just growth. And and I guess I'm just blessed because my husband always wanted more. Like he was like, you can do this, go do this, you know, go try that. And I was like, really? Like, it's so weird, especially because coming from an Indian Asian background. And I have to say that I've seen so many men who don't have that mindset where they want the women more powerful than them. You know, they always think women belong to the kitchen. Women, mm-hmm. like, they, they are meant to stay at home, look after the kids and be the good wife and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, I'll do all of that. But no, <laughs> you wanted me to go out there and do so many other things. So that was a bit like, you know, okay, that's that's kind of cute. And I remember um, years back when I didn't drive and he was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you not drive? Like, to him, in his mind, it's like, I need to be that woman who's so independent and, and drive and do things and achieve things and inspire and impact. But you see, for me, I never really had those burning desires. And I guess that came from the fact that I always brought up saying, you know, where people said to me that, you know, um, be simple, don't be greedy, don't want more than what you can buy. And, mm. you know, all that money is for all the rich people. It's not for you. You know, go study. Do you know what I mean? It's like so limited mindset. So I never really dreamed big at all. Like I always thought like, you know, life is simple. I 
I needed a job which I liked working for someone. So then that became a, a stigma to me where she's always job hopping and she doesn't stick to her job. She doesn't know the importance of money. You know, all these kind of things that came up. So I guess it was a nice um, mindset change for me the minute I got married and marrying into, you know, marrying this guy who, who totally kind of changed the perception of how life could be. Right. And then, so yeah, that, that was a journey and the rest is just history. So now I kind of passionately work on impacting and inspiring women because again, behind that mission is actually a bigger mission, is actually impacting the next generation. Like I am a huge fan of that because children, they watch us, you know, we as parents lead by example, right? right? It's not what we say to them, it's not what we shout at them, it's not what we tell them to do. They don't care. You know, you lead by example and believe it or not, they are watching every single step of yours. Yes. And you know, my daughter, she's 18 today. I mean, up to what she's done, she has run street fair, she's got a hands on entrepreneurship, she's a crypto investor, she she's a YouTuber, like she gets her hands dirty on anything. She's just following what her parents are doing, you know? And and so I think it's a responsibility of parents to lead by example. And I'll share this before I, I you ask me any questions. So I read this recently by Elon Musk and he said this about parenting. He said, we gave birth to the children, right? It's not the children didn't choose us, the children didn't want to be born, we gave birth to them. So the children owe us nothing, we owe them everything. Yeah, that, that gave me goosebumps when I saw that tweet. And, and that made me actually, again, go back into reflection mode and reinforce what I truly believe in. Because people think, you know, again, I don't know whether this is the same in other cultures, but in Indian culture, we always have parents saying, you got to look after us when we're older. You got to do this. When you start earning, you got to give me that money. You know, they wow. always, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like when I when I worked, like just my teenage jobs, my mom would have access to my bank account and she would take every single dollar that was in there. Everything. <sighs> And I would be given like a couple of dollars just to last for the week to go eat and, and that kind of stuff. But when I mean couple of dollars, less than a tenner. That's what I mean. And right. and so that was that and so I was never driven by money because I think that I whatever I earned was never mine anyway. So I started to hate it indirectly, you know. I started like why do I even need that? And and so all those kind of thoughts. But so what he tweeted that I felt like, wow, that's so powerful because I think a lot of parents expect the children to look after them in old age. They think it's a responsibility, but what they don't realize is living in today's lifestyle is difficult as it is. We know it, right? Mm, so okay. I think it's such a burden to put on children to say, you got to look after me. You know, it's a great thing if they do because you've brought them up right. I'm not saying they don't have to, you know what I mean? But it's right. like, it's not an expectation. You know, and I think expectation is what kills a lot of relationships. You know, when people say, what is the number one reason people divorce? You know, people's infidelity and all that kind of stuff, you know. But actually, no, I think it's expectations. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, expectation kills a lot of relationships. You know, parents from children, husband to wife, and vice versa, anything. It's because we expect something. What if we could just change it and just do and take ownership of our decisions? We decided to bring them in. Take ownership of that. 
detail, lead them, show them how beautiful the world can be, rather than pushing them to a space where you got to earn this much, you got to you got to survive, you got to fight in this world, and then when I grow old, you got to look after me. Like goodness, you know, I can't imagine telling that to my daughter. Like it's such a burden, you know, financially, emotionally, and everything. So, so yeah, that's that's me and my passions in a nutshell. <laughs> and now you had those limiting beliefs imposed by you by by family and if we yeah. can dive into that and you just shared with me some what i call it, it's just over the top you know with Thank with you. being with how you were treated yeah. and you weren't and this is coming from your mom which i think that's even you know it's all bad it's all bad, yeah. no matter who does it to you. But it's almost like um, a really a wound to the heart because this is your mom that's doing yeah. these things to you. And, you know, yeah. whether it's being beaten you or, you know, taking your money, controlling that money from you. Um, how, tell me, how did you cope with that? What, what made it in your mind that because you have a beautiful daughter and what made, what made you change your mind to break that cycle? Yeah. Okay, so I think growing up for me, one thing I have to say is that I had a very bad growing up experience with my parents generally. So my mom is is a person who she's very competitive. So she always wants her kids to be better than her sisters or her brothers, siblings. And I, being the oldest granddaughter, there was a lot of expectations on me. You see, again, we come back to expectations. Hmm. People, like, they want us to do this and achieve that. So my mom always wanted to be one of those professionals, a doctor, a lawyer. So she put me in a law school. She put me... Uh, as a teacher, she made me learn computer science, like all the top industries, she thinks will give us good income, you know, but I was just not cut out for it. And 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 from a very young age, like when I was three years or four years or five years, old, I always used to get beaten up with a cane, you know, where we, when I used to get stripes, like literally all over my body and I would go to school like that because I couldn't a, either maybe do my maths homework. It was, it was so basic. It's when you think about it right now, it's so funny. It's so dumb. Like, why would you beat a child? But for me, I think as I keep as I was growing up, I started to think that you know anybody who does that against someone else or maybe even an animal and then seeing them yelp or seeing them cry, I cannot understand how somebody could do that. You don't have to be a bomb, you don't have to be a dad, you don't have to be anything, you just have to be a human being. Mm. So for me, I always say this to people, you know, you just have to be a world-class human being. Forget about any other responsibilities. As a person, it takes a lot for someone to actually hurt, you know, when we see cyberbullying today, like how do you actually do that and then see mm. someone else cry? You know, it's awful and worse. Some people commit suicide. Some people have through mental illness. Like, why would anyone do that? So this this topic is actually very close to my heart. You know, don't be unkind. Like, it's it's awful just as a person, right? So growing up, I think for me, what saved me was that I had grandparents who were a gem. Like, like honestly, I think my focus, I my energy was more drawn towards that rather than focusing on my mom. So during the week where I stayed with her, I would get hurt. I would be crying. I would not have any like family time, no one to talk to uh, because they wouldn't really talk to me. They wouldn't bring me out. Like I don't remember a day, and I honestly mean that, I don't remember a day my mom has brought me to the playground as a child. 
you know so that's that's an awful memory to have you know and so but i remember so many good things from my grandparents and some of my aunts where it's family it's togetherness it's just it's fun and love and i could do anything and i always get treated well because i'm the eldest granddaughter so i was spoiled that way by my grandparents you know and some of my aunts and i think like i said what really saved me growing up was that my energy was drawn towards it so really what my message is I get it like we may not have the best of everything you know some people may not even have the positive side of whatever is going on in their life right now but I truly believe if we look hard enough there's always something to be happy about and then focus your energy on that rather than all the hate and the baggage and tears and everything because as as long as we keep focusing on that I think we grow up to become that you know, you know, people in your mind, they always say, do you know what? I've heard these people say this to me where they say, Carla, I don't want to be like my mom or I don't want to be like my dad. But, but the irony is they end up being like the person exactly they said they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because that's where the energy and the focus is. So how I became different and how I broke the cycle is subconsciously when I was younger, my energy was drawn the other way rather than on the hate. I truly hated my mom growing up, but today I have a cordial conversations with her every week. Like I, we could be on the phone and just talk about, did you take your vaccine today? Do you know what I mean? It's so normal. I don't hate her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't forget what's happened because those are always things that's going to be with us. But sure enough, I've forgiven and it's moved on. And, I've, and the fact that I can share this story today with no tears in my eyes, is it, to me, that's a big achievement because I could not do that years back. You know, so I think people need to focus on where their attention is and where their energy is. It helps. It truly helps, at least in the long term. So, yeah. That's very big. That is very big to when you where you get to that point where being able yeah. to tell that story without crying, but also to find that forgiveness. I know yeah. many people out there that are going to watch this probably in the replay have those issues where they are still stuck and locked in that place of unforgiveness. Was there a moment where you just said that, okay, I've got to forgive her? What was that for you? Was it something that just happened gradually? You can explain yeah, that a little I bit. I think it it happened definitely gradually because I got married at 22. So again, when I shifted out, I moved away from the toxicity. You know, mm-hmm. I I was having a family of my own which I've always wanted. And again, mm-hmm. look, you we, people are waiting for a forgiveness that's never coming. Until mm-hmm. today, my mom has never said a sorry to me, and it doesn't bother me. It's okay. I don't expect it either. You know, I'm like, that's fine. We can still talk. It's it's fine. And I don't expect you to ever say sorry to me. But I, I remember once years back when my daughter was just maybe three, four years old. I don't know. She did something and I got so mad, which was so small. And I got so mad and I spanked her. And that was the first and the last time ever I've ever mm-hmm. done that. She cried. And I was like, what did I just do? You know, I think she just caught me at the wrong time. And that was so awful. I said the sorry to her and I've never had to Mm. do it again. Do you know, because I felt horrible after that, because that face, that little face that looks up to you and she's got that face where she kind of pouts her mouth and her tears would just drip with no sound. My daughter actually cries with no sound. 
you know. And so that that really got my heart broken, and I couldn't sleep. And and yeah, so I had to say that sorry, which was a natural thing to me. And 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 I've never had to do that again, you know. So I think it is so important. Oh, you're making me cry now. But but yeah, so I think it's so important to say that sorry because a lot of people don't and also stop waiting for that sorry. That may never come because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you are hurting yourself just waiting. The other person's life is going on. They're happy. You know, they're they're living their life. They've got maybe if it's your mom or dad, they're having the other kids. Um, You know, as somebody once said this to me, if your mom and dad has got six kids, you're one of those six kids. But to you, it's just that one mom. You know, and and you see, so that's why I think the pain inflicted, especially on children, is so big because we have just got that one mom, right? But to that mom, she's got so many other kids. You're just one of them. You know, and that's how, I don't know, I kind of felt that way when I was a lot younger. And I was like, that's okay, because my mom is very close to my brother. And um, and that's fine as well. Like, I've got people who love me, you know. And mm-hmm. so I just focus on that. You know, it was a gradual thing. And I think getting married was probably, you know, people <laughs> used to say to me when I was younger, I make horrible decisions. Today, I will proudly stand and say, I make the best decisions ever. Like from oh. the guy I dated to the guy I'm married to, to, to you know, have, making a, having a decision to make a, have a kid at 23 when I, when I had literally no income, didn't know what I was doing, you know. And, and even the decision which I made nine years ago from Singapore to UK to make that move, everybody was like are you dumb like seriously you ask your husband who is a sole breadwinner to quit his job in fact I didn't ask him he wanted that change too and that's when that transition just happened and um so they were like, how can you move with your nine-year-old where there's nobody there? And to make matters worse for them, I actually flew my dog over as well. So I spent a good amount of money <laughs> flying my dog over. <laughs> and so people were like, are you crazy? You know, but come on, my dog, I adopted him when he was three years old, you know, oh. and he was almost dying. He was flea and tick infected. When we brought him to the vet, he was covered in flea and ticks and was having oh. like, like, I know, he was just ill. And when when we brought him back home, my whole balcony used to have the ticks. Like, it was covered. We had to call the fumigators. You know, I spent a lot of money treating that boy. Today, he's 15-ish, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know? And I think awesome. I know. I'm so proud of it, and I share it all the time because I think it, it's so beautiful to save a life and give them all you've got, you know? So when I brought him over nine years ago, people were like, are you spending a couple of thousand flying him? Yes, I am. I'm not going to leave my daughter behind, so why would I leave this boy behind, you know? So it's like people don't get it. People thought I was just being crazy because it sounds crazy, like you – doing everything and moving the whole family to some place where you don't even know what's going to happen next. But, you know, I believe in taking ownership for my decisions. And like I said, I'm so glad I've got a husband who, who's like, he's, he's all in for the fun. He's like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? We are still all together. So we, we, we go crazy sometimes and it's just fun. And we do crazy things to many people. In, in many people's eyes, they are like, this family is crazy, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know like nobody would and that, and I think that's the reason why I think I'm so successful and I don't mean that financially just financially I mean it all areas holistically because I take risk 
but I just do what my heart calls for and I just go do it. I don't care, you know, like what's the worst thing that could ever happen? You know, as long as your family is with you, I just, if something calls for it and we make calculated decisions, we just take and we just go. And so life has just been a momentum. It's just been that. And over the years, if anything at all, it's just filled my heart with more love than hate. And that was the reason why I came out of it. So people might think it's so effortless, but it was a conscious work on myself, especially when I had my daughter. And when I got married, because the relationship between my, my mom and my dad, it's not fantastic either. It's not the relationship that I want to model. So my mom is the alpha, you know, and she she controls the money purse. She controls every single thing in the house. So my dad is OK with that. And that's fine. Maybe that's why they are still together. And that's OK. But I know my husband is not going to tolerate that. And that mm. is when I learned the beauty of the masculine and the fem feminine energy in a woman. You know, how you run a business, the tone, the, the the discipline and everything, you can't take that home to your husband. You always say that, leave that at the doorstep. But to me, you're that women, you know, you're the wife. Like, you know, and, and so the feminine energy comes out, you know, where you be cute, you just be girly and you just do all the things that people outside don't see. And so it's so important to have that in a woman where you know that you are so strong, you're a leader, you can make decisions. But when you come back home, you're all, you, it's so nice to be protected, to be looked after, to be loved. And and it's, mm. it's just a different feeling. Do you know what I mean? So I know. it's like people people need to understand that so for me it was a learning thing and um and i just get better over time yeah oh i love your light about that and thank you for being so open and candid about that healing experience because i, I agree a lot of people look and they're like well you just make it so easy but you don't know how many times i stepped away from doing mirror work or how many times i yelled exactly. at the mirror or you know exactly. didn't want to journal and, and do all those things and you know but gritted my teeth in doing it or stepped away for months until i could yeah. and you and i even wrote this down when we were initially talking there there was a quote that you had said that um about people are hungry but not starving enough to make that happen for healing and yes. you know that was very profound for me because i know that i have several people in my life that are still that i met along the road going 10 years or more and they're still in that victimhood. They're still in that victim mindset and they haven't made big strides. They've had maybe bad relationships. And yeah. that really set what you said really set with me. It really did that they're not hungry enough. They're not yeah. starving enough. Wow. Wow. Thank and you, you got to that point where you needed to, where you yeah. felt that way. Yeah, there was no way I was going to become my mom. Like, that was, that was like a non-negotiable to me. Like, mm. there was absolutely no way. If I wanted happiness, it starts for me. You know, it's mm. not about changing my husband to become someone I wanted him to. You know, a lot of people say my relationship didn't work. You know, my, my boyfriend or my partner or husband didn't do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, stop. Mm. Like, it's not his duty to do X, Y, Z. Like, let's not even have that conversation. Let's talk about you and what you do, you know, and then we can talk about whether you want to be in this relationship or not. It's not about the other partner at all. We don't have control over another person's decisions, right? What right. we have control is what we choose to do with our lives. People don't get it. You know, they focus so much time and energy. And I, I know so many moms who say to me, you know what, Carla, all my life is given to my kids.
Like I spend so much time on my kids and X, Y, Z. Let me tell you, my daughter, she's got the most freedom ever. And she's a kid who's got all the freedom and yet she's always at home with us. Like literally, she doesn't hang out. She's 18. She doesn't stay out late at night. She doesn't go out that much. She's like, she just enjoys it. When you ask her, she will tell you because I just love that space. I just love my own space. You know, she doesn't feel the need to go out and find attention or find that 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 um, void, if that makes sense. She just mm-hmm. loves just being in in the house and just being with us and and yeah, you know. And I think that's that's what it is. People always say, "I want an abundant life," but it's financially. I get that a lot, especially with what I do. Carla, how did you make your money? I want to make the money. Okay, this is what you have to do. Now, do they do it? No. You know, and be honest, Melinda, we, we are doing this video right now and people watch it. They're going to say, this is so inspiring. Like, I need to have that holistic lifestyle. How many people actually make it happen? You know, and that is why I truly believe inspiration is not like from the outside. You know, when people watch this video or they attend events or they watch YouTube videos, which are inspirational and motivational, they get so hyped up that minute but then what's next that's what Mm -hmm. my message is for all anyone who's going to watch this later like what's next you know that's what i'm interested about you know forget about my story and how that's inspired you because that's that that doesn't mean anything right It, it what are you doing with what you've learned from someone now that is the key to how your life is going to change you know people love listening to all of this and that's what i mean they're hungry they want all this success and they want that happiness brother but then they're not starving enough to go grab it it's there the question is are you going to grab it or not and and that saddens me so much because i see so many people like i I just don't understand it, you know, like, why would you want to live a life filled with so much sadness and baggage when actually you don't have to? Nobody is telling you to do it. It's you, you know. Let's say my mom in this context, she's not said to me, you need to carry this baggage with you. No, today she has got no control over what I do whatsoever. Whatever she says cannot affect or influence the way I make my decisions today. I can listen to her. I can just let her be, but it's not going to affect what I'm going to do next. You know? So I think people need to want it bad enough, want that happiness. And, and a lot of people chase the wrong things. I have to add this. They chase the money. They chase mm-hmm. the fame. They chase everything else but happiness. And I can tell you, having achieved a lot of different things in my life, the only thing I was chasing was happiness. I only wanted to be happy. That's all there was to it. I only, like you see, when I brought my dog down, it was just me. You know, the money didn't matter. Nothing else mattered. You know, it was just me wanting to do something that made me happy. That I knew that it's going to make me so sad if I was going to leave him behind. You know, and I think it's, again, leading by example. I don't want my daughter growing up thinking it's okay to abandon things that you've brought up. Every single thing, people overlook the smallest of everything that we do in our daily lives. You know, I'll give you guys a good example. Like, um, years back, this happened. And, you know, being in business, especially in early years of business, I was so caught up with the hustle culture. You know, where you're hustling and you've got so many things to do. And there was once I said to my daughter, let's go for a movie. That was a couple of days before the actual event actually happened. I said, let's go to a movie this Wednesday for 
for example. And when that Wednesday came, I was so busy. And she came back from school and she and I said to her, can we change this to another day? I can't do today. And you know what she said to me, Melinda? She said, that's all right, mom. But next time, let's do it like impromptu. Don't tell me we're going to do something and not do it. Because mm -hmm. I'm feeling so sad now. Wow. <laughs> And you know what she said? And she said, I'm so sad because I came back from school all excited that she was going to go to the movies. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, what did I just do? And do you know, ever since that day, I've never canceled on anyone ever, ever. <laughs> do you know? And, and it's just stuck in my mind. Wow. And, and that is the reason why, even how I show up for meetings, for anything, if I say I'm going to attend a meeting, I'm going to attend a meeting. And this is something people need to hear. When you set meetings with someone, it is it reflects upon you if you cancel the meetings or you show up late or you just cancel on them last minute because you take another person's time for granted. Imagine you mm -hmm. were going to sign a million-dollar deal right now. Would you cancel? No, you wouldn't. You're going to show up. No matter how you're feeling, you are going to show up. So what I hear is that I'm not important. I'm not your priority. So it's okay to cancel on me. Wow. Now, that is a message people don't really think about. You know, how you treat other people is a silent. Even in the silent, even in the silence, there's a lot of messages. You know, there's this saying that says no response is a response. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same right. thing. Right. So when people don't, when they cancel on you or they just bail you out or they turn up late, that is a message in itself. Because if you are important, they will never do that to you. They would never, you know, and that was a lesson taught to me by my daughter. Wow. Wise so, words. <laughs> exactly. Wise and this words. is how we have actually brought her up to actually say what she feels and voice it out. Because if she doesn't say, you're never going to get what you want. Mm. You know, so that this is this was a message that I think it's so worth sharing because I learned it the hard way. Like I made her sad that day. In fact, what happened is at the day, uh, the whole day, I wrapped up all the work and we went for a midnight movie. After I just surprised her, I booked the tickets and I brought her to the midnight movie because I felt so horrible doing it to her. But then moving forward, I've never done it. If I have said I'm going to bring her somewhere or we're going to do something everything else becomes secondary, no matter what I'm doing, like, doesn't matter. I could be even losing a client, but if I have said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, you know, and that is something I've stuck to for years right now. And it's a habit, it's become a habit. And this is actually spread across anybody I work with, whether it's clients, whether it's anyone, just anyone, doesn't matter, rich, doesn't matter, just doesn't matter, you know, everybody is the same. And it's, it's how you treat people generally. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I do. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, let me ask you one final question before we, sure. before I let you go. If somebody out there is watching and they're afraid to, and you've given a great juicy golden nuggets here, if they're afraid to actually take a leap, is there one bit of advice uh, above everything else just to get somebody to start? What would you tell them? Do you know, that is most often the most difficult thing is to get started. And then it comes back to the entire thing of what I said, you're hungry, but you're not starting. Be solution focused. You know, it's about how badly you want something and then how you're going to get there is the next thing. Reach out to people who you can ask 
questions. And when I say ask questions, ask smart questions. Everybody's time is so valuable. If you ask a lame question, like, how did you get there? Like, look, that's going to take me years to tell you how I get there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Ask such specific questions, which you can instantly implement with that answer you're going to get. You know, and that's what I mean by smart questions. And then start like having a community of people who are supporting your goals like okay you want to overcome a relationship or you want to let go of a baggage constantly constantly work it's consistency love it's everything is consistency you know there was just this voice that was that was in my head battling when i was growing up like you know i could hear my mom's voice especially when i got married like there's a lot of things that i've done that i'm not proud of you know like i i could blow up tantrums like that in my early stages of marriage that i guess my husband would have shocked like seriously <laughs> did i just marry that woman you know it's like when you actually think about it it's so horrible like i used to have those phases of me becoming my mom in my early stages of marriage mm. but do you know what really saved me was that my husband i think he just knew that i'm not that person and mm. i think he was just being patient with me and and I was constantly working on myself. Like whenever I hear that mind voice, I'm always battling with like, I can do better. I want that happiness. You know, I love him so much. There's no way I am. I'm going to be the reason why this didn't work. You know, there's absolutely no way. So for me, it was always me and not him. You know, all of us have imperfections. So it's not my job to solve his imperfection. Because if he wants me bad enough, he's going to work on his imperfection. Does that make sense, right? <laughs> right. Yes, right. We all that way by nature. When we want something, we grab it. You know, we are that people by human nature. We are fighters for survival. So, and men's instinct, if they really want that girl, they're going to do whatever it takes to grab the girl, right? So, and then when women's head, they're like, I need to change my man. No, you don't have to. Because if he's not doing X, Y, Z, it just means that he's not doing it for you, period. You know, we got to understand that. You know, instead of fighting the law of nature and trying to change people and stop, like, you know what I mean? It just yes. doesn't make sense. So it's like, I think we need to work on our stairs, have that consistent talk, self-talk, where you focus your energy on, reach out to people who you can talk with, work with. And uh, and I promise you in the long term, if you keep going consistently, it's it's going to it's going to change. It definitely will. That's that's science. There's no way there's any other route for you. You just have to keep going consistently and believe that you deserve that happiness. It all starts from believing that you deserve it. Because I can promise you there's so many people out there now, Melinda, thinking that they don't deserve happiness. I don't understand why they actually do. You know, it's not about anything else. It's about whether you believe it or not, and then just go get it. And I love, we have Michelle. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us. She has a few comments here for you there. And thank you. And don't take negative messages from the naysayers. Thank Definitely. You, Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, because that's all that is to it. That's they're just haters. They're just people who do nothing for you. So just you know what I mean? It's just don't take it. Just focus on your own self inner talk, especially if you're in that space of like sadness and, and baggage and pain. It, you don't focus on anyone else but yourself. That's all right. you have to do. And once you get better in becoming more self-aware, then you go out and put yourself out there because if you are empty, there's nothing for you to give. 
right? You need to fill right. yourself so much with love and fill up the cup before you can start loving your spouse or loving your partner or loving your kids. You know, you can't love them. You know, people say, I love my kids too much. No, you don't because you hate yourself. When mm -hmm. you don't love yourself, you've got nothing to give. They don't get it. You know, you can't give, give, give with mm. nothing to give. They think exactly. they're giving, but actually they are hurting the other people around them. So something to think about. Yes. Wow. Dang, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thank, you. Thank, thank, thank you. you. And if anybody is looking to find you, I've been sharing some links there in the comments. Oh, Miss Michelle just on the other side of letting go and learning and learn me. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. The more we learn about ourselves, I'm telling you, we become our biggest fan. Like I've got this habit of looking at the mirror and I think like, oh my God, like just, it's like, oh my God, like so gorgeous. Like seriously, you know, and sometimes people think you're crazy, but no, the more you discover yourself, you'll be like, oh, my story is just phenomenal, you know, and it's all about falling in love with yourself so that you never feel alone because you can never leave you, right? You're right. never alone. When people say, I feel lonely, how can you feel lonely? Like, I could be days in my bed, in my room, and be perfectly okay with it. Like, absolutely okay with it, right? Like, I'm good. Like, I've got me, you know. I just need my laptop, I read my books, and I'm all good. You never need another person to make you happy. No, it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, but yeah, go, Michelle. Go get what's yours, really. Yes, thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Oh. Well, thanks again for being on. I do appreciate that. Me. Yes. And by all means, if anybody would like to reach out to her, I do have those links in the comments. You can find them Thank there. You. And, you know, just, she is an amazing, you are just an amazing woman. You are. You're so amazing. Are you, so are you. We're also <laughs> amazing in our own ways. And I think people need to realize that more. And people need to be brave enough to come and share your story because there's no other story like our own right yes. and i think and that's what i love for people to do share their story and uh, spread some goodness into the world because there's always something to learn from someone doesn't matter who yes. we don't just need to look up to those top people or the influencers and think we have something to learn from them only mm -hmm. we can learn from anybody like i've learned a lot from taking uber whenever i'm in london like i've learned a lot from talking to my <laughs> uber drivers like like, you know, I love it. Like, I just love listening to your stories. It doesn't matter what mindset, but I just love it because everybody has got a story and everybody has got their thoughts on a specific topic or something, right? So I right. love it. And I think people need to share their story more. So, yeah, you know, thanks for having me, Melinda. It was oh, a blast, really. Welcome. Miss Michelle says she loves it. Your story and others need to hear it. Yes. And share your story too, Michelle, in the comments because everybody needs to hear that too. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining me. I do appreciate that. And if anybody would like to contact, again, to contact you, your links are fine in the comments, or maybe it's about business related. If you're a woman entrepreneur or you want to make a dive into entrepreneurship, by all means, go ahead and click on one of the links, message her, friend her. She's just amazing. Thank you. All right. Thank well, thanks you. again. I'm going to go ahead and end this broadcast. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching. Bye-bye.